this week, y'all just have a question um, because it relates. <clears throat> Why do we need the white man's paperwork? Hmm? Thank you. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect right. it. Uh, nope, I never do. <laughs> okay. Well, what we watched this week, Sid? This week, we tuned into Foster Boy, released 2019, available to stream on BET+, starring Matthew Medine, Shane Paul McGee, Lex Scott Davis, Louis Gossett Jr., Michael Beach, and Michael Hyatt. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin' Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to black indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. And each week we watch and review a black independent or low budget movie just for you. All right, y'all. I'm going to keep it cute and sweet this week, uh, mostly because I don't really have nothing quippy to say, but also because this movie ain't really for play play. So I feel like it's inappropriate to do so. So welcome back to our 60 second challenge every week where Alexis explains the plot of the film we're reviewing in 60 seconds or less. Before we get into that, though, uh, while I got you here, go ahead, tap five stars right now if you listen on Apple Podcasts, because I know you probably are like our image on Instagram. We appreciate that. I work really hard on those graphics every week. And leave a comment. You know, just, you know, we appreciate the support. We love interacting with y'all. So go ahead, do those three things for us, and then come back to the episode. All right, I know you did it, because y'all trustworthy. I hope so. Uh... Let's get back into it. Alexis, are you ready to explain the plot of Foster Boy in 60 seconds or less? I am. You're in like your, is this an honor of our um, sis that we're lifting up in prayer, Jovita Moore? Because you're Mm -hmm. like, you really read that copy. Like you really. (laughs) Thank you. you. That's off the dome too. You know, Jovita Moore really um, keep you in my prayers and Good thoughts, sis. I see that you're back home. I'm so happy about to hear that good news. Um, yes, yeah. I would like to dedicate that one to Miss Jovita. Because you know what? You kept the news interesting my whole childhood. I knew Jovita Moore was giving it to me real, unbiased, and factual. WSB TV. All right. <laughs> well, now that we got the dedication out the way, I am ready to describe this movie in 60 seconds or less. We aiming for the less this week. Let's hit it. So there is a young man, like 19 years old, named James. He go by Jamaldo. Um, and he has been in the system, hashtag system, uh, since a little boy. And he's went to a lot of foster homes. And now he's like, he was locked up. He's locked up on like some like drug offense or whatever. But he has this civil case against the foster agency, private company ran by big, evil, bad white men. Ugh. And he is suing them rightfully so but he has this case and he's trying to like get them to take responsibility for putting him in very abusive households whole time he's an aspiring rapper and like spoken word artist and michael beach played his now adopted uh foster daddy kind of because he's not really fostered no more because he's grown but anyway um yeah and he kind of befriends his snooty clearly conservative um Mm -hmm. white lawyer in the process of getting all this through how i do Two seconds left. Ding. Thank you. And now that y'all know, now that I got my ding, and now that y'all know what happened in the movie, um, let's get on into it. I want to hear our general thoughts on Foster Boy. 
before getting to the review, I want to thank you guys for supporting the show, your five-star reviews, your comments, always keep us going and always, you know, keep us inspired to bring the content to you. If you have a favorite black indie that you want us to watch, go ahead and tell us on the Twitter, like on the Twitter timeline. And if you ever have thoughts about our review, go ahead and let us know. We like to engage with guys. And when you do, uh, we'll always read those nice comments and those hot takes on the show. Back to the show. So Sydney, what did you think of Foster Boy? This movie was honestly everything I kind of thought it would be. It was too dark for me to enjoy at this point in my life. I feel like, you know, I'm just not really into movies about pain and struggle right now. So that just kind of like off rip made me just not really into it from the beginning. Um, And number two, uh, this movie falls right into a white savior trope also. So that just gave me even more reason to not really be feeling the vibe and enjoy the film. Uh, overall, like it, I think you know, they had the budget, the money was there, it was edited well, it was directed well. Um, so I have no like complaints there, but I, I, I just wasn't crazy about it overall because of the subject matter. It was just too dark for me to get into. I've been into some more lighthearted stuff lately. So, but what did you think about Foster Boy? So a few things. I loved seeing the actors in this movie. Uh, the first thing I saw Michael Beach in the promo, I said, oh, okay, let's see who he doing wrong. Because <laughs> we just did a movie a few weeks ago where Michael Beach was a low-down, cheating, uh, scamming pastor. Um, so, I mean, his face automatically screams wrongdoer to me <laughs> in a movie. Uh-huh. Um, but that wasn't the case in this movie. <laughs> and also the actress who played his wife, um, I'm re-watching The Wire right now, and I really loved her in that. Love her. Yeah. She was um, D'Angelo Barksdale's Mama uh, yes. and Avon's sister. Yeah. Very good in that show. She's also in Snowfall, too, currently. Ah. Mm-hmm. She's Franklin wow. Saints' mama in Snowfall. Huh. Look at that. Mm-hmm. This We keep, Snowfall keeps coming up. I guess that, that, show, that show is just doing a really good job of finding the talent. Like, finding it the is, black talent. Truly. Um, so, yeah. Now, my opinion on the movie is I, I think that this movie would have been it capital i capital t it in 2005 um i think this has a crash level an analysis crash the movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um where the principle like the moral of it is just open your mind we're all a little racist right (laughs) like like the moral of this movie isn't it doesn't you're absolutely right about the white savior thing we have this story of this young black boy who has gone through quite literal hell hell Um, and back yeah yet the movie is following this boring ass lawyer um and not in like a good way like not (laughs) not in an interesting way yeah like in bringing down the house steve martin he was a lawyer he was very (laughs) like he he was interesting he was funny this white man Mm -hmm. okay what where's jamal i don't i don't care yeah and that's the main problem I have with the movie is that the message, it it delivered so much pain and trauma that I wish mm-hmm. that it had paid off a little bit more. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, but you're right. The The mechanics of the filmmaking were good. The acting was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the direction was good. Um, I had no problem with none of that. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was the story itself that <laughs> didn't really hit home for me. Very yeah. 2005. Would have been good back then. 
Very much. This would have been great, like weekend movie trip. Um, mm-hmm. You go see Aquila and the Bee and mm-hmm. Foster Boy. Um, yeah. Except Aquila and the Bee is is just a good movie generally. Um, That's a really good movie. Which is a really good movie. <laughs> um, so prestidigitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when good. I was looking up before we started recording, I looked up um, one of Nicole Bah Nicole Bahari's early movies, American Violet. Um, mm-hmm which has the very same tone as this movie, which is look at this one like awful exemplary case of this bad system we have. Right. Cause at the end of this movie, it shows some statistics about the foster system and stuff. And at the end of that movie, cause American Violet was showing you how bad the, the prosecution system is here and how they'll make you plead guilty and stuff like that. Um, and all the actors are good, but it's a little preachy. It was a little like, this is a really long after school special. <laughs> and this is how that movie felt. So I was looking up to see if they had the same production company. Oh, they don't. Okay, they don't. Okay. This is all. Don't judge a book by its cover just because he's black and he, he wears braids and his hair doesn't mean he's a thug. It was, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, what, what's next? Like, and this came out in 2019. Read the room. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get on into it. Uh, let's let's walk through some of these scenes uh, of Fausta Boy. Here on the New Chillin' Circuit, we like to start with the first scene of the movie to see how it opens up. And this one has a, a very classic. Um, this is this is a classic black indie opener. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is a character reciting either some spoken word or some rap lyrics. <laughs> this has come up a lot. <laughs> we've reviewed over almost it's 60 true. movies now this yeah. comes up a lot <laughs> they they stuck to what works so we see that he's a he's a poet um and he's also locked up won't let him out and we zip over to that's because that's quick then we zip over and we meet the law team which is uh keisha um and the main lawyer whose name is michael trainer and then they're flying out to chicago to try some corporate case now here's where one of the main things about this movie is for the most part it doesn't mm-hmm. follow law movie rules and it also doesn't follow law yeah. rules not at all yeah uh the way they get assigned to jamal's case i i don't that i don't think that is acceptable mm-hmm. like even sydney why would and i realized after the fact later in the movie they say that jamal is 19 but mm-hmm. um why so i thought it was he was a minor i thought he was like 17 um, but that wasn't the case. But like, why would this criminal case of this young boy be being tried in the same courtroom or like at pretrial in the same courtroom as a corporate law case? Like, why would that would not. Right. Like some mergers and acquisitions case or something. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. It's like true. what? Like one has is just a corporate dispute and one has a prosecutor. <laughs> like that was not the same. That's not the same type of law. And right, somehow right. this corporate attorney gets stuck doing pro bono work and representing and being a criminal defense lawyer. Well, no, no, no. Being a civil lawyer for this kid. Just because um, the judge was like, hey, hey uh, Mr. Trainer, can you uh, be his representation? You know. No, I, I, I yeah. don't even know this man. Who? Sorry to that man. No. <laughs> and even I had to look up and I couldn't find a clear answer. But the answer, especially for somebody in Jamal's situation who couldn't afford mm-hmm. a lawyer, even though you are not um, 
required to have a lawyer in a civil case. That's not, you, you, you won't, it's not your right in a civil case to have, mm-hmm. it's not like a criminal case, they will appoint you right. a public defender. But yeah, public yeah. defenders do not work civil cases. So uh, the judge really did not have to do that. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> can you sue somebody while you locked up? I don't think you can be a plaintiff in a civil case while you're currently incarcerated. They're not going to let you, they're not going to furlough you from jail to yeah. go to the civil case uh, litigation. That's true. That is a good point. Mm-mm. I watch too much Suits. You <laughs> <laughs> see, I, you know, I didn't even think about that yet. But it's also too, like, the judge, I I'm, I know this isn't probably the case, but, like, judges are supposed to be impartial in some sense. Like, they're just there to, like, after the jury makes a decision, you know, they determine the actual, like, verdict or, you know, consequences or whatever uh, for what was made. But, like... This judge, played by Louis Gossett Jr., he seems very much involved in Jamal's case. And he's like, hmm, I know this guy. Yeah. He's a really good attorney. He can get my main man off, my main man Jamal off, and get that settlement money. And uh, so I'm going to make him do this or else. Like, he threatens to have Michael disbarred. And it's just like, ah, you can't. Not because Why of that. Why you all up in my business? Yeah. And now, so here are the two inter- um, interrelational connections I'm going to make for this episode. You ready? I'm ready. Both of them are connections to movies we have previously reviewed. Ooh, I'm excited. I want to hear this. And there's a third bonus one coming later, but these are the two main ones. Okay. First one is that it's back to um, Lone Star Deception. Uh When you write a movie uh, in a common genre, it doesn't just exist in the rules you set. It exists in all the rules that your audience understands about movies of the genre. We all know a little bit about law preceding movies. Like we know what the rules are. So this all felt out of place. This felt (laughs) right. 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 Um, I'm not a lawyer. I took one B law class um, (laughs) and that's it. That's my extent of knowing that. And to be frank, I barely got out of that B law class by this, by the skin of my teeth. I gotta be. Um, <laughs> Don't flex on me. I gotta see. That's a big flex. Look, any Howard grads listening, that's a big flex. It is a flex. <laughs> um, and the second one is sustained. I'm being dead ass when I say, and I have never. This mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna come around later. I have never. This is my. I'll just move it up in the in the review. I'll just say it now. This is a first time take. I have that uh-huh. in capital letters. This is the first time I have a take like this. Y'all document this because I'm never going to have this take again. Yes, we is recording. It's documented. This movie needed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say why. Sustain made sense because it was the same. He was he was doing a corporate case for the, he's flipping from being a corporate bad guy lawyer to being a corporate good guy lawyer. Uh-huh. And what led him to do that is personal change in his life through the Lord. It made sense. And he's an underdog in this case, but he has the power of Jesus on the side. So it makes sense. It, it right. goes together. This movie, however, the case, because that's pretty much the only plot is the case, you know? Yeah, that's, that's um, the whole movie. That's it. And trying to yeah. put together Jamal's backstory and what what he's experienced yeah precisely they are down so bad (laughs) in this case that quite frankly i would have just believed it more if i if the lawyer was a god-fearing man i would have just believed this triumph if jesus was on his side (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it would have also made more sense of why he 
uh, became more sensitive to like just Jamal in general because you know as, yes. as a believer you know every, everybody is God's child so I'm not just gonna turn the other cheek on this person who has who hasn't wronged me I'm a I'm God is leading me down this path so I agree that would have made more it would have made this movie would have been yeah. better with Jesus and this yeah. movie plus Jesus is sustained that's true wow Shout out to Jamal yeah. McMillan. Um, yeah. He had the foresight. <laughs> yeah. He had the foresight because yeah, it, it just makes more sense like that. And it would make more sense. Like you, you said this in your general thoughts that the movie spends mm-hmm. most of its time with the white lawyer, despite him yeah. not having nearly as much going on in his life. And that would have been more justified to spend mm-hmm. more time with the lawyer. Had they tweaked the characters and made right. them just a little bit more archetypical. Yeah. And yeah. had, the lawyer be like some just really like like straight up fuck these kids type mm-hmm. of guy and he kind of was but if they would have dialed that up a little bit more right and had jamal be a little bit more a little bit less um uh, ornery ornery um, yeah even though it made sense for someone who went through all that to be ornery yeah. but like if they scaled back the trauma a little bit mm-hmm. and like made him a little bit older say like uh, like like 21 22 right and right. he had found like jesus inside or he had even converted to islam or something yes yeah yeah now he's ready to tell his story and tell his truth and then he teaches the lawyer how to mm-hmm. exactly you see so he's because yeah. in this movie jamal's just kind of like a passenger in this plot that's it yeah you know it needed Jesus. It needed a stronger. What I'm really saying is, it needed a stronger philosophical and like moral, uh, like thoroughfare, like a, a driver. Driver. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it was missing that. That's a great point, and I probably would have enjoyed it better too. Because if if that's the case, then okay, I didn't got mm-hmm. the Lord involved. Anything could happen. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, now you know who would have really did this. Tyler Perry. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Mr. Perry. Because uh, <laughs> what was that? That was Medea Goes to Jail with Kiki Palmer, was it? Or was that Family Reunion That too? was Family Reunion. Who was the badass kid in Medea Goes to Jail? <laughs> if the, um, no. No, that that's, Keisha, that's Knight Keisha Knight Pulliam in Medea Goes to Jail. Yes. You talking about I can do bad all by myself with Taraji with that's them bad, what I'm about the little too. bad girl. Mm-hmm. Bitch, pick a movie. Pick a movie. It's the <laughs> Somebody who is toe up and downtrodden <laughs> and then uh-huh. somebody who is rich and got their stuff together, but they don't got no emotional, um, they ain't got no emotional mm, capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they meet each other and they swap they, what they need from each other and they both become, it's an unlikely friendship. You understand what I'm saying? Tyler Perry saying. did that good. He too. do that all the time. Look at uh, Good good Deeds with him and uh, uh, Tandy Way. Um, we don't talk about that movie enough. It was good. It was actually kind of good. I liked it. You know, that's one of his good. better ones. Um, <laughs> Family that prays with Miss Kathy Bates and Miss Alfre Wood. Yep, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's so, a common theme. Yeah, I, this is a, a chapter in that book I, I read <laughs> about Tyler Perry's work <laughs> that I always refer to. That you know, if you have money, you're evil in a Tyler Perry movie, and then if mm-hmm. you don't have money, you're virtuous, and then the yeah. evil person trades the money, and the virtuous person. Uh, for the money they trade uh virtue yeah <laughs> they yeah. teach the evil person to be better mm-hmm. and this movie needed a little bit more of that to make it sense is. because it's not like this is a true story so right you could have movie Which magic it was also bit. like yeah kind of confused because i thought at the end when they gave the stats about uh like the foster care system and how like it, the system is like really like shit 
here. I thought, yeah. okay, and then, you know, based off the life of, you know, put up a picture of the real Jamal Randolph and, like, this yeah. huge case he won. But, no. Well, I'm hopeful. Is- <laughs> hopeful for today. Like, this music. That's what I wanted at the end, and it didn't deliver yeah. that. And I mm-hmm. go, oh wait a minute, this is this is all fictionalized. None of y'all this made is this all, up. Y- y'all well, y'all could have made it up better, right? Okay. Well, so thank that you. That's my first time I'm ever gonna have a take like that. That mm. this needed some Jesus. That was good though. <laughs> it, it, it would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So let's walk through it a little bit. <laughs> we'll we'll jump around a bit because, like you said, the movie's kind of like heavy. So mm-hmm. like this is a we like to have fun here. So yeah. we're not going to go through all go, the... All the deep, deep stuff, because it's a little... Yeah. yeah. Little um, so we just see the premise is that this we this adoption agency is a private agency mm-hmm. run by a white man who I thought was Kevin Bacon, but it's not. Um, no, his name is Greg German. And that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. He looks just like Kevin Bacon, though. Yeah, um, he... I was surprised that he, cause he don't be, he doesn't usually play like the evil white guy. I feel like. Oh, he did it for me in this one. I, I mean, he, 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 yeah, he definitely had a down pack, you know, for that. I've seen him mm-hmm. in something else. It'll come to me, but yes. So this, uh, adoption agency is a private mm-hmm. agency. So they're doing it for profit and they about to have an IPO. Now, America mm. fucked up. <laughs> All the way up. How you gonna have an adoption agency be on the damn Dow? Like, yeah. that's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> Trading. Trading. Uh-uh. On this, mm-mm. You, mm-mm. That's, that's so a mess. Um, so clearly they will do anything to... because that's See, that's a good plot line. When an IPO right. is coming up, this is like mm. Empire. When IPO yeah. coming up, a company would do anything to protect the IPO because you don't want to... You don't want to be like Snapchat. Exactly. You exactly. Know? Ooh, yeah, exactly. Well, shout out to yeah. Lee Daniels because you brought up Empire. So when you bring up some of his work, I gotta shout him out. So shout out to you, Mr. Daniels. You know what, Sydney? Just a quick sidebar. <laughs> if it turns out, because you know I'm pretty selective about who, um, which Hollywood people, I'm like publicly polite to for the sake mm-hmm. of like you know, just if I happen to run into, them. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's why we bleep out bleep bleep. Yes, yeah, got to. <laughs> Not because I'm ashamed of my opinion, but because as a young black gay, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't want to bite the hand that feeds me. I got. We believe guys. said they said what they said, and that was that. And I said, oh, okay. Per. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so if it turns out, because if it turns out that Lee Daniels hears this, mm-hmm. um, and we end up in the same room one day, um, and it's you who gets the handshake. Uh, yep. And gets to have a way too long, way too inappropriate conversation with him, and gets offered a job or something. Love it. I'm not gonna hate you because don't. you put in the work. Exactly. And I I have purposely said nothing positive about Lee. Mm-hmm. Me work. and Lee is going back to the Academy Awards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you read the interview. Yes, I did, Alexis. I read the interview. He's a little quirky. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Funny word for crackhead. (laughs) (laughs) Now, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, so that's 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 what it is. And 
um, Jamal is just very, he's having a very healthy and normal response to years of abuse and trauma, trauma. which is, yeah. he does not trust anybody. He does not want to talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. He is not, he is not like on the up and up. He's not okay. He needs therapy. Right. He needs like a lot of time to heal from that. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Mr. Trainer says when they first start working together on this case is calls him a thug. Yep. Off bat. I can't represent this thug. And I go, oh, God. Like, here we go. What is this about? <laughs> and the first thing, because this is where I'm saying it's like crash. Um, mm-hmm. Then the first thing um, Jamal says to Michael, the, the yeah. lawyer, is calling, he calls him three piece. Three piece. Which is not, which is not an not, insult. That is not, not that good of an insult. Like at all. You call this man a thug just because. Yeah, and then at the because at the end of the movie, the reason I brought it up is because at the end of the movie, when they win the case, um, mm-hmm. they affectionately call each other <laughs> Thug and Three Piece. Like that's that's their gang names. <laughs> hey y'all, y'all seen Three Piece? Hey y'all seen Three Piece? <laughs> tell a nigga to call me. Tell tell him to call me when you see him. Like I'm no. so confused about that, <laughs> and like because that's what I'm like. That's not equivalent, Michael. <laughs> you not. called him a thug. And the whole reason his life is like how it was is because mm-hmm. people think of him that way. As a Your thug, thoughts right. about him are reinforcing a system that literally tortured him from right. age zero to eighteen. Literally, he thought call, him calling you three piece is just commenting right. on your tacky ass suit. Exactly. <laughs> Michael thought his like affectionate thug of calling Jamal a thug at the end of the movie was like, "All right, squirt, get out of here. We'll see you later." See you later, buddy. Mm-hmm. No. No, that's not. Movies like this are just off. They're off tone because like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying it would have hit back then, back when we just wanted stuff to make us feel good. And our right. understanding of like race and class was still very mm-hmm. individualistic. Like, you know, all you have to do is get to know people. No. Right. If you see me, you know, to the one or two white people who might ever listen to this ever, if you see mm-hmm. me across the street and you get scared and you think I'm one way and you like, you wouldn't want to live in a neighborhood where niggas like me is walking down the street and stuff like that, well, don't try and get to know me. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't want you to get to know me. I don't, first off, I don't need to know you. I don't need to know your story. I don't need to know At anything all. about I you. I don't care about your story. And getting to know me doesn't solve the issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not my friend, <laughs> you right. know, it's. We're not meant that to be might friends. Be able, exactly. If this was the color of friendship, we might be able to be friends and break bread. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> if this is a fucking Disney movie. I'm going to tell but, you one thing. If I don't went, I'm sorry, because the color of friendship takes me there. If I have invited this this white woman into my house and you call one of my children a kaffir, mm. it's over for you, sweetie. You're you're back on the first flight to South Africa. Yeah. I'm dry. Definitely. Rolling by the airport, I'm not stopping. You roll out. It's, it's uh, over for you. <laughs> that's why I don't trust no. That movie right there is why I don't trust Elon Musk. Mm, it's valid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's a very elementary uh, racial analysis. And that's Agreed. why all, all of this, the stakes get so crazy in this mm-hmm. movie. That's also why I think Jesus would have been good because Jesus movies have really high stakes. Yeah. This movie is like <laughs> reminding me of like, because it's now a, a hot topic again with like conservatives, like critical race theory and why it's so bad. Like, I feel like this is a movie uh, that like 
somewhere some conservative Christian school would show to like to try and prove, hey, even though you're white and yeah. you know you're a part of the system and a part of the problem, you can still turn it around. Just affectionately call that black man thug, give him a hug. Thugs and hugs. <laughs> hug a thug. <laughs> hug a thug. <laughs> That's the like, um, sister organization to We Got Y'all. Hug a right. thug. Right. <laughs> hug a thug. <laughs> stopping gang violence if you hug a thug. <laughs> like, yeah. What? And that just don't work that way. Because um, yeah. at the end of the day, Michael gets on a jet back to fucking Malibu. Mm-hmm. And where's Jamal? Exactly In where he was cell. when you found him. He still has a record. He still has mm-hmm. like... He probably, I mean, I don't imagine he did well in school with all that trauma, going home to yeah. all that trauma. Like, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Now, and when I say the stakes get high, I mean, Michael's kid got kidnapped <laughs> by, the, uh, by the corporation they're suing. Uh-huh. And Jamal gets like, they get the police to arrest Jamal and put him in the same cell with the kid who abused him as a child. Yeah. Who also happens to be locked up. The stakes get way out of hand. Crazy. And what's the Crazy. climax of this movie, you ask? Like, what? how possibly could you take <laughs> it higher? In the courtroom when Jamal testifies. Mm-hmm. The climax of the movie, people. I know y'all hear me. Go ahead, turn mm-hmm. to speak up. Because I'm going to get real low with it. The climax of the movie is Jamal, young black man, <laughs> opening a notebook on the stand of the courtroom yeah. Yeah. and rapping. Yes. The abuses that were inflicted upon mm-hmm. him. Yes. He did Rapping. a freedom writer style. Except yes. Uh, yes. without the white woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, all right, cut your speaker back down. Cause what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? What was the what was the reason? What was the reason? <laughs> I said, oh no, baby, not him finna be I <laughs> my actually my actual note says, uh, so uh <laughs> Who wrote this? Who wrote this? <laughs> and also, side note, side note about the, we do a couple, this is a common indie, mm-hmm. black movie, not even just indies, it's a common black movie thing, where the main character does some type of performance of such <laughs> yeah. uh, to close out the movie. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. Sometimes like, I Miss like June it. This 10, one I didn't like. That was It was good. good. But the lyrics were okay. They rhymed. They was poignant. Mm-hmm. But this boy got no flow. None. <laughs> he has zero <laughs> flow. None. I've never heard nobody. He's like Junior from My Wife and Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so damn mad? I don't know. It was, yeah, it was like that. <laughs> I was thinking uh, when Junior wanted to be a rapper and he was talking about Mirage in my garage. Or, oh. uh, I was dancing in my mansion. <laughs> it's more like Mirage in my garage. <laughs> That's how it sounded. The boy has no flow. And it was so hard for me to like, I, like, I think this movie is for white people who live in yes. white areas. Like a white person who lives in Montana. Mm-hmm. Who, Literally. has never met a black person outside of the one biracial girl who moved mm-hmm. into their neighborhood a couple of years ago because her daddy black and he in the military and they got stationed right. around there and right. her, her mama white and mm-hmm. um, obviously they moved shortly after because like you know he got stationed somewhere else uh, new assignment like, yeah, other than that one girl <laughs> she hasn't this person hasn't met anyone and for that reason like because there are a lot of like I, I don't think 
a white person maybe they could have got a hold of this movie but like for that reason i it's kind of irresponsible too like why like making this movie only a short two years ago especially Mm -hmm. like i mean like on the precipice of just like like height of racial tensions in the country this is post black lives matters this is literally this is is so like read again i say read the room like why like you can't make this movie no more this is not we're we're not doing this you could like 10 years ago maybe but no not no more because 10 years ago obama was in office that's still not no (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm. (laughs) that wouldn't have worked now Back to the things not making sense in the courtroom. So there's a jury, and I was like, do civil cases have juries? And they do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes. I'm glad you did the Googles, because I, I knew some stuff was off, but like, you know, the more small details, like the jury, and, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just, just let it go. You can choose to, yeah, in some, it depends on the situation. You can choose to have a jury there. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the jury decided the payout amount. That didn't seem accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless it was that they were deciding the punitive damages, which is not paid mm-hmm. out to Jamal. Um, mm. Only the like $100,000 or some some money, amount of money he asked for would be paid yeah. out to him. And the rest would be paid out to the state, which really, at best, the true, because they won the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What this movie should have did instead of focusing on this one lawyer changing his mm-hmm. mind about this one thug, they should have <laughs> made it more about the adoption system. They made it about, cause yeah. when here's the problem. <laughs> when you make a movie and you're trying to shed light on an issue, but you show mm-hmm. us, but you make it hyperbolic. It takes mm-hmm. away from the reality of the issue. The, right, the reality right. is most foster children most people will never see atrocities like what Jamal saw. That is mm-hmm. extreme. I don't doubt that there are people. I don't doubt at all that there's a good no, number definitely. of, of yeah. children who went through mo- like multiple households of abuse in the foster mm-hmm. system. I don't doubt that even a little bit. But even the least like dr- dramatic um, mm-hmm. situations in the foster care system are mm-hmm. still awful. Like still yeah. have terrible impacts on the children um, involved, you know. Right. So showing that and showing how the system, because what, despite this case being won, the movie ends on a happy note. But this, if this is a company about to have an IPO, even a hundred million dollar <laughs> punitive damages is nothing. Yes, yeah. And this company is still gonna, at best, they might get a write up in the New York Times uh-huh. and, and they'll just postpone some legislation. It. Yeah, yeah, they'll p- postpone the IPA, prompt some mm-hmm. legislation to take place. And even that, it's going to take years to be implemented. Right. And as we all know, regulations, uh, <laughs> especially yeah. regulations on industries that have very big, well-funded lobbies, mm-hmm. they don't really mean anything. Um, so it, what it should have showed me was how big and inescapable and systemic this is instead of just showing me one boy's awful experience. And his white savior who came to the rescue after painting him as a thug and a terrible person. Uh, He He didn't even take him in. He just fucking got on a plane and went back to his life. He didn't even say, hey, Jamal, I want to help because you have had like 
barely any guidance in your life. Mm-hmm. You're not set up to succeed. You good luck getting a job. You have a record. Like, yeah. Let me help you. Let that's the best thing to the one or two white people who might ever hear this. That is the best <laughs> thing you can do as a white is to the like. Like put niggas on, <laughs> like, like if you're talking, if you're not gonna cut a check, if put you, yeah, yeah. If you're not gonna cut the check, because that's the best thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not gonna cut the check, the next best thing you can do is put niggas on, like that internship you was gonna give your niece who doesn't even fucking want it, <laughs> right? Like, right. <laughs> give it to this nigga, like you know what I'm saying. And then the third best thing you can do is cuss out your relatives because we know what they're saying on Thanksgiving. Stop, stop coming back from Thanksgiving acting like acting like Trump voters and stuff is is otherly. No, right. You sat there and you cut the turkey. (laughs) So you You, need to cuss their ass out. You know who was at the Capitol on the 6th. You Mm don't saw some of your family members saying, well. They were just, they were just impassioned. They just, they just felt yeah. so bad. Count the yeah. votes. Right. They did. <laughs> you know how many times, imagine, imagine if black people had stormed the Hollywood sign when they kicked off Jennifer Hudson and made her and Fantasia go back to back against each other on American Idol. Imagine the uproar. They would have canceled American Idol, Alexis. That was Over. not the same season. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia were on the same season. That no, no, no. Yes. Fantasia was on like the second or third season of American. So Idol. was Jennifer Hudson. It was a three. No. It was yes. They were up on the same elimination night. No. Yes. Because Fantasia did chang chang chang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have. I would have remembered that. No, ma'am. Alexis, what they season were on was this? Jennifer? I'm I don't believe up. so. You, okay, if you look it, it up, up, I won't type it. You tell me. Yes, Jennifer right. Hudson, Fantasia, thought... and Latoya London finale, American Idol. That was the <laughs> same year. That was a, that was season three. Yes. What did Jennifer Hudson sing? <laughs> I don't remember. Clearly, because Fantasia <laughs> sang down. I remember watching that. Cause she just get the hollering like that. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else's neighbors would be concerned, but my neighbors hear that like once a week. Me, (laughs) if you don't want me, then don't talk to me. You know I love Fantasia. That's my girl. She gonna stick on my wedding. I love her. I did not realize. I I don't know why I thought J Hud was on like the 2006 season or something like that. No, I guess she didn't really pop off till like. Her solo 2006 career, her is songs. when Dreamgirls came out. That's when she really popped yeah, up. Yeah, because that's when her yeah. career took off. Yeah, it was she, after American Idol. Because she did American Idol. She did Sex in the City. Like, she had the cameo in that. She was, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> know the audience. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, she did that. Um, and the album, I feel like, came out after Dreamgirls. Uh, was yeah, because that's Cause Baby, I don't, I don't like. like. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was the mm-hmm. last song that I wanted to hear from J Hud. <laughs> mm. I don't know she who she keeps getting out. to write her songs. Yeah, that came out. Because they bad. Way. Okay. This we're not talking about. You didn't like her song, um, If This Isn't Love. If This Is Love, tell me what it is. Cause I can't be dreaming and just damn crazy. When did that come out? Um, 2008. That was on the same album. Self-titled no, see, Jennifer Hudson. I'm not going to listen to something like that when 
It Kills Me is out. <laughs> Melody Fiona's singing down about that. It Kills that. Me wasn't out in 2008. Yeah, it was because I was listening to that on my little MP3 player and like. T- no, it was not. That came out like 2010. No. False. 2009. 2009. <laughs> it was 09. I that was, was right. 09. Okay, 09. So was okay. I. Okay. 09. Okay. Uh, or was I? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, in, in 2009. I don't want it. So why would I want to hear Jennifer Hudson sing like that when Melanie Fiona is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why would I want to hear Jennifer Hudson doing that when Jasmine Sullivan was fighting lions, tigers, and bears? Jasmine Sullivan was giving niggas 10 seconds to get it together. One, two, was really it and jennifer hudson never she it felt like she just kept having pop songwriters or something why would i want to yeah. hear that <laughs> they were, yeah they were making her out uh, jennifer hudson's acting career i think has been much more successful than her her singing career well they've both been successful yeah definitely i'm sure that album went like platinum her self-titled album. something I, it's kind of like had a j-lo it. album's called platinum well and that's different because jennifer can sing j-lo yeah well, uh, yeah, no one's questioning Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, and like J-Lo's acting career is, I think, way, you know, above heights than her singing yeah. career. Like, yeah. yeah. But her dress career, her gown career, trumps them both. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, well. this, uh, I think we're um, making very clear what this movie um <clears throat> really took us through. I have a lot of notes about the plot. I just didn't get to them because the main things that were important was the fact, was this white savior problem and this mm-hmm. racial simplicity that should <laughs> yeah. have stayed in 2005. Yeah. And also just the lack of character. They didn't really, like for Jamal, for you, for us to have Jamal's trauma be front and center, mm-hmm. his character was nowhere to be found. He I just was whatever they needed him to be in a scene. Mm-hmm. But his trauma, it really, he wasn't playing a character. He was just playing the a trauma. person. Yeah. 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 So. There was, there was no, um, like, evolving in Jamal's character. It's just, you know, we're seeing him, you know, he he's obviously mm-hmm. angry. Angry. He has every right to be angry. He is traumatized. He is hurt. He has been abused. And all of that comes through. But, like, there's there's nothing else for us to see like i guess maybe they thought like having him rap on the stand would be like a a good plot device to show like he's opening up because he uses his music to to express how he feels but like that wasn't good enough for me i really i i would have rather seen a a cut to it to show them winning the case at the beginning and then maybe i guess michael and jamal forming this relationship post case because they understand each other better that would have been a little bit yeah it would have been more genuine yeah Mm. well look i'm gonna ask you a question friend Mm -hmm. um because now we know what all happened which wasn't Mm -hmm. much they tried the case they won the case um who came to act yeah um there were a lot of white actors in this movie which i was not Mm -hmm. i didn't know would be the case because uh uh michael beach and um miss hyatt they're like on the poster art on the movie art yeah, and like the, they the said anything. yeah the uh, clip art and everything. so anyway uh this week's who came to act award i would like to nominate uh mr shane paul mcgee uh who was jamal randolph's character even though they didn't he didn't get to do much with his character i thought his acting was good um mm-hmm. he left it all on the screen I, as i say 
So I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I accept that on his behalf and I'd like to offer a runner up. Yeah. Who who you got? The actress who played Keisha, that was Lex Scott, what you call it, right? Oh yeah, she played um Tony Braxton in a Tony Braxton biopic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I thought she did good. I'm not just saying that because she looked good. I just, I'm saying that because I thought she did good too uh, in her acting performance. So I would like to nominate her as a runner up, along with, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the off chance that she might be listening, along with saying, you know, at this point in time, today, May 5th, mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo, um, 2021, mm-hmm. when we're recording this, mm-hmm. I am single. And um, you know, ready to mingle. You, you got both your Fauci outies, don't you? I got both of them. I'm a Pfizer poppy, mm. you know. Mm. So whatever it is with that, you know, she would want to do some inf- like do something with that information. It's all, but I do nominate her as well wow. because I thought her character did a lot with a little screen time. That's true. That's true. I was like, oh look at Keisha trying to be helpful, and I, she was also in Superfly, um, the one that came out in 2018 with uh, Humble. I watched Something it. Something about Trevor Jackson uh, <laughs> off puts me. That's fair, actually. I don't like it. It's that I don't like that I'm attracted to him, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't like that I'm attracted to him and he has that uh, Theo Huxtable rat yeah. tail. I just wish he would get rid yeah. of that. No, we're on the same page. It's the fucking okay. rat tail. Yeah. Let's not get too uh, far off here. Um, yeah, uh, this is this was produced by Shaq, uh, his. A, a production company, I think. He's the EP on this. Oh, I didn't know that. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq. Yeah, I was like, wait, the Shaq? Like, or is there another Shaq yeah. that you, that, okay. No, the Shaq was the EP the Shaq. on this. So, okay. I guess he's doing movies now, and I'm, I'm alright with it. I think this was a quality film. It just wasn't a compelling story. It wasn't a, com- yeah. no, no, no. It wasn't a compelling script. The story mm-hmm. could have been better. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get on out of here. All right, y'all. Be easy. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCC Pod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit, spelled C H I T L I N. And to keep up with our latest, visit our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Oh.